where I want to start is um, where we ended before we get into the John the Baptist. We've been doing all these Johns, right? We're going to start mean, where we ended. We're, I'm going to start where first. we ended. Yeah, <laughs> that's a first. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we're going to start where we ended last week because I sort of rushed through um, where I ended last week, and I just want to go through it again because it continues to sort of impress me about like wow, talking about you know I love. I love when we find those sentences in Scripture that encapsulate the Gospel, encapsulate who Jesus is. And I think that 1.18, John 1.18, so you could just turn there, page 8. John 1.18 um, just does that in some ways that continue as I study it to blow, sort of blow my mind, because I've never really seen this before, um, speaking of seen. So if you look at... Um, 118, and again, this was a little bit of a repeat of last week, but I just want to go into a little bit more. So it's like, if you know, I had said, I think at one point, that maybe we would think about, you know, if you're in an elevator and someone says, okay, you know, tell me about Jesus. <laughs> you know, what would you say? You know, you, you have a few floors to go up. You know, what would you say? Um, this is a good one to um, to actually sort of encapsulate what we can tell others or when they ask about Jesus and really differentiate him because it says, no one, I'll just read the whole thing, no one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Now in English, that, okay, it's enough in English, but when you look at the Greek, <coughs> the very first phrase says, literally in Greek, with emphasis, God... No one seen ever. <laughs> so that's how it says. So it's like God is the emphatic in the beginning. I mean, in the first part of that sentence. No one has seen ever. Okay? So just emphatically saying that. Um, and then the next one, which is sort of debated in different translations, is it says the only God. It can be read the unique God or the unique Son basically saying of Jesus, so that we see Jesus in here. So no one's seen God, which ultimately is the Father here. There's only one unique Son, only one unique person of Jesus, who is where? At the Father's side. And remember last week, what, what is the word for side there? No, remember? Bosom. Bosom. Okay, so when it's saying the Father's side, it's literally saying these two, Father and Son, are in this extremely close, intimate relationship. All right. And then it says, he has made him known. Now, usually the word known um, or knowing has a normal sort of Greek word to it. Here, it's a very unusual word, only occurring, I think, pretty much here in just a couple of the places in the New Testament. Which means, literally, it's the word exegete. Okay, so in other words, he has made him exegete. He has exegeted him. In theology, if you ever go to any kind of like school where you're learning, or anything where you're ever reading a book and learning about how do you study the Bible, you will learn a phrase called exegesis. Now, we mostly think, oh, that's like this technical, that's a theology word, that's something you know people who go to, or scholars learn. But exegete means I go to the text 
and I tried to understand what the text meant in its day to the people it was addressed to, what did it mean to that original audience? Then I tried from there to figure out what does it mean to us today. And you do the best you can to not put your culture and your thoughts and your assumptions into the as you're trying to understand it. So exegeny is the proper way you to try to understand scripture. The opposite of exegete is eisegesis, which means I take what I want scripture to say and I read it back into it to try to make it say what I want to. I'm sure you've never seen anybody ever do that. You know, it's like I've got this verse and this verse really matter. I'm looking for something that says this. Hey, this verse sounds pretty good. doesn't really matter what the context is. It fits what I want to say. I'm going to make it say that. That's sort of eisegesis, okay? So the word exegete means to really fully reveal something, to fully try to get its meaning out. So what John's saying here is that we can't know or see God. We can't really see him face to face at all. Only There's only one who can, which is Jesus, the Son. There is no other. There is no other. People say, well, there's all these different ways to God. This verse right here just completely says mm-hmm. no. Period. <laughs> I mean, not even maybe. There's just completely no. There's only one way to see God, know God, and that is through Jesus. Why? Because Jesus fully exegetes, makes God knowable. All right? Makes God known. So, you see, why is it so important when we said, let's focus on who Jesus is? <laughs> All right? Not just generic God is because Jesus is, we know he is God, but he's the one that fully reveals to us who John is. That's what's to me so exciting about reading the Gospel of John, is because that's the whole point of the Gospel of John, is to fully, as best he can, reveal this Jesus. And if you see who Jesus is, then you see who God is. But you see the direction? It has to go from us to Jesus to understand the Father, it can't, we can't just go, oh, well, let's just try to get around Jesus. <laughs> okay? So does that make sense? Oh. So it's like, really, it's like, right there we have why our faith is so unique, why Jesus is so unique, why we, we mostly will quote, you know, no one can know, um, the, you, what, what's the verse we always quote? Um, the only, only through him, what was that? Why am I forgetting? John 14, 6. What is it? I'm the way, the truth, the life. Oh. Yeah, I'm the way, the truth. No one comes to the yeah, thank you. I'm the way, the truth, the life. No, no one comes to the Father except by me. <clears throat> well, now we know why that's the case. This tells you why. It's because he's the only one, only one, that has, it fully reveals who God is. And that other one is, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. <clears throat> right. Right. Which is what I think he's going to, pretty much, that's what's going to happen throughout the book of John. Is Jesus is going to say, I'm revealing for you who the Father is. Um, I'm So really what we're going to see in all of John is the, is the author is showing you who Jesus is. He's exegeting Jesus so you can actually know who God is. Okay. This is so good. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Is I've just stuff. never seen, I've just never even myself seen that. Yeah, Eric. What we're talking about, what occurs to me is... That's what makes him accessible to everybody. Right. 
Exactly. Because if there was... Yay! Hey, a little relationship. Hey, I'm I'm Greg next to you. Hey, how are you, buddy? Nice to see you. I'm glad you could join us. I am, too. You have one. You do have a kid. I went to go see you today, by the way, and you weren't there. Oh, you're kidding. No, I went to your booth, but... I was at the gallery. Yeah. Anyway, glad you're here. Sorry, Eric. So go ahead. So, the very fact that no one's seen God, and Jesus is the one who brought the word... It makes God accessible to everybody. It's not an exclusive. Right. You have to go through the Pope. Right. Very good. Very good. Right. It does. A very good point. Which we're going to see when we get to John the Baptist, which is why we always have to be careful that none of us, and just not here in this room, but that no one ever thinks they are the ones who have access to God somehow specially. It is. Every single person, I love what you just said, every person has a direct access through Jesus. Um, yeah, good point. So anything else? I mean, just as we were, we're looking at John one eighteen. by the yeah, way, just as a, yeah. Um, if, uh, the one I just said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, <laughs> well, you take that in context, in his day, thousands of people saw Jesus. But, right. So the word seen has a deeper meaning. It, it does. Jesus saying, if you've seen in me, if you know, if you've come to me, yes. seen has a lot of context. Yes, it's more than just physical seen. As many are called, few are chosen. Many saw him, you know. Right, few right. believed. Mm-hmm. And the seeing mean relationship. I would say yes. Okay, I, w- I would definitely say yes. So going to what you just said, right? How does John end? Well, right before the ending, it says in John twenty one thirty. Well, no, let's see. Nope, not 21.30. I want to go to, I did this up at the Easter. Um, well, there's, a, there's the ones who said, I know you, and he said, I didn't know you. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, we have that too. So, if you look at page 122, I did this up at the Easter um, sunrise. What's fascinating is that, you know, you have this whole thing with Thomas, and where he thought, wow, Thomas, you know, he put his finger and he touched Jesus, and it's like, he says, I believe because of that. And um, so then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. This is 27, 20, 27. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Now, this is like the literal seeing and feeling that Tom's talking about. Do not disbelieve, but believe, Jesus says to Thomas. Thomas answers him, and this, we'll get to this. is like one of the climaxes of John, because he then says to Jesus directly, my Lord and my God. Which is ultimately what we all do when we believe. We're saying to Jesus, you are my Lord, you are my God. <clears throat> Jesus then says to him, have you believed because you have seen me? In a question mark. And then, a blessing to every single person who's existed since that time. He says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's who we are. Just like what Tom just said. So we see, but we don't see Jesus with our eyes. We now see him through the Word and through the Spirit and through his proclamation that we believe. And Jesus says, you all have a greater, I'm going to almost say, you you have a blessing. All the other people who saw me physically, 
didn't even get. You've got a greater, you've got a blessing because you don't see me, but you believe. So, yeah. the scene here uh-huh. is to what you're saying, like relationship is experience. Oh yeah, okay. So you actually experience this and experience all Basically yeah. saying, look upon or experience. No one has experienced or perceived or discerned God. Yeah. The Greek word. Yeah. Good. Anyway, thoughts, questions? It kind of makes me think about, I mean, this is reducing it to something outside, but like if we think about abstract concepts such as like how do you know what loyalty is how do you know what trust is you could have a definition but the only way you truly know it is through actions through the manifestation of it through it being brought to life and I think about it in that same sense with God where we can know him we can't see him we can't know directly what it is but we can understand him we can come into relationship with him through Jesus mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like the necessity of it. It's yeah. being brought to us and we can see it through his word. Yeah. Um, yes, so Chad was just sharing about he and Jason just took um, three junior, junior high <laughs> three junior high kids up to camp up in Idlewild. Mm-hmm. Idlewild. And he was telling me about an experience that you guys were talking about with the rock and knowing or something. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Do you do you, either of you want to share that? Uh, Jason was a lot of the conversation. Yeah, but so, I'd love to hear your take. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of interesting because it goes a little bit around. I think it does, doesn't it? Really, a little bit of this. Yeah, I, I'd say it does. Yeah. So yeah. Tell us about it. I, so we're hiking on this trail in Idaho, Wild, and there's all these giant boulders, like, you know, 20, 30, 40 foot boulders, and Jason made a comment of, like, I wonder how these got here, like, just look at these things, these are massive, like, let's think about this for this for a second, and I don't remember, like, exactly the boy's response, but it's basically something, well, we, like, essentially, oh, we can't even, like, know how they got there, they're just here, this and that. Well, it was better than that, (laughs) 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 because, again, everything's... Ruby, and then they just, just boom, this massive boulder that had a rounded bottom, right? Like it was just this rock that got thrown out of the sky and landed, right? And so you had these things all over the place. Clearly odd. And not like around here where there's sandstone that's been eroded around it, right? So I said, ask the question, how do you guys think these things got here? And they're like, I don't know, I don't know. I said, well, that's a pretty giant mountain. What do you think? Could that have been a volcano? Like, oh, volcanoes only only erupt igneous rock. <laughs> and I said, oh, really? <laughs> and how do you know that? Oh, that's what our science teacher said. And I said, well, first of all, igneous rock isn't even rock. It's lava. And then it dries. And it's really more like glass than rock. And they're like, oh. volcanoes only erupt igneous rock. So it couldn't have been from a volcano. And I said, well, how do you know your science teacher's right? (laughs) Well, why would our science teacher not tell us something that was true? Good question. Maybe you should think about that. Maybe they don't know they're not telling you something true. Maybe they are telling you something true. Right, yeah. But that question authority? Well, it's, it's, 
it's just it's, learning to question. Ask, it's ask again, yourself, it's about right? training how to think. Yeah. And what is to know? So it's funny, this what I was going to say, but, but something you had, or on the lines of what you were speaking of, and seeing being to see, to hear, to understand. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. These are all the essence of relationship with God and relationship period, right? Right, exactly. And uh, Proverbs 1, just, it's, it's dead on. Does he ever say, this means you must be in full relationship. I mean, the most loving relationship you can possibly be in with God in order to even begin to understand any of this, to even understand right and wrong, where to be in a particular situation. But when you, and it's it's just so beautifully said, you have to understand in order to understand. Hmm. Isn't one of the lines there? It was like, yes, that's so cool. So, um, anyhow, that kind of ties into, yeah. well, let's start thinking about that, and where do you really get information from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Good, good. All right. Yeah, so, all right. So any more questions about 118, and we'll move on. Just just want to sort of shoot, throw that at you guys. It just says one of those passages that I think sort of encapsulates why we believe in Jesus and why he is the only way. Um, and what we're going to be doing, I mean, this whole purpose of us going through John is to, as you said, Eric, is a relationship with God, with Jesus. How do we do that? We do that through seeing and hearing his word and understanding him. So, yeah, Tom. Um, <clears throat> you were at, uh, on a point where you thought this was a good starting point for this Elevator pitch. Was there? Yeah. Well, I I just thought I just thought that is the elevator pitch. (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I I was just thinking like if someone said, "Well, who's Jesus?" I mean, I don't know how to answer that. But if I took this passage, I would go, "Well, he's the way we see God. He's the way we relate to God. He's how we know who God is, and he is the way. The only way we do this through a relationship with him. Otherwise, we can't see God." I mean, I, don't know, I just made that up out of the word. No. That's what the Bible says yeah. over and over again. Right, right, right. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. So today, um, we're going to take, we're going to spend t- today's time looking at John the Baptist. So in the last few weeks and stuff, we've looked at different Johns. We tried to look last week at, like, who is this John who wrote the Bible. Um, and so this time I want to just spend our time looking at who is John the Baptist and what does he do here at the beginning? Um, so, if you take a look, what's interesting, if we're to go back to our prologue again, and remember we said the prologue is always going to sort of show us the things that are going to be happening throughout John. So we're going to keep like, hearing echoes of the prologue. But we're going to hear those echoes right away, because in the <coughs> prologue, which is, which is odd to me, I, I must say, when you're reading the prologue, it's sort of odd that just sort of, Start talking about Jesus, and then he goes, whoops, here's John the Baptist. Talks about Jesus, whoops, here's John the Baptist. It's just odd, you know. Um, but, you know, so for example, it talks about in verse 5, you know, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. And this says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. 
and then it just goes on. I think I said last week, it's almost like you could just take that whole section out and the prologue would just still read just nice and smooth. And then you're reading along in verse 14, and the word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we have seen its glory, glory of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then some boom, in parentheses, John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And then it just continues on. <laughs> okay? So you can see John is placed, John the Baptist is placed at this, like, wow, he's even part of what the prologue is talking about there. So, I want to start at 19. And uh, who would like to read some, a little bit, like a page worth of text? Any volunteers? You want to do it, Lance? Okay, so why don't you read... John one nineteen, and you're going to go to um, one thirty-seven. All right. Okay, so a little bit past one thirty-five. Okay. And you guys, as we're listening to this again, like we were doing with the prologue, just as you're listening to him read, see if there's anything about John the Baptist that just sort of sticks, you know, you know, sticks in your mind as you're hearing it. Okay, let's go ahead. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed. I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing, if you are neither Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Behold the Lamb of God. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen, and I have borne witness, that is the Son of God. Jesus calls the first disciples. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. You want me to read three? Um, yeah, you can read. Yeah, you can read. Uh, 37. Read 37. Okay. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Okay. Which is interesting that just sort of stops right there in the middle of the 
witness of John the Baptist. We're going to pick it up in chapter 3 again for a little bit, but that pretty much stops where now the uh, now we have the apostles being called. That was a great reading. Thank you. Thank you, Lance. So, anything that just, when you hear that, what do you think about with John the Baptist? Anything that sort of stuck out at you when you, when you heard that? There's something that came to mind actually before when you were talking as an mm-hmm. introduction to this. Mm-hmm. And that is that um, whoever wrote this, John wrote this, let's say, Apostle John, um, he doesn't talk about the Old Testament at all. Mm. He's, I think he's using John the Baptist as the Old Testament introduction to Jesus. This is... The, yeah. Because he's greasing the skids for Jesus. He's... It says it in the reading. Mm-hmm. It's like an introduction. Paul used the Old Testament. Right. But he's using John the You actually bring up something which is, which is interesting. We're going to see this through John. John does not very often use the Old Testament. Um, but when he does, there are some key, key places when he does use it. But in fact, one of them is here. Um, but... It's interesting you say that because actually that is true. I mean, the other Gospels, and obviously Paul, they use, you're getting all these quotes, or at least pretty straightforward allusions to it. And I think what Tom just says, like, right on, I mean, John the Baptist becomes a way of bridging the Old Testament, in a sense, to the present time of Jesus. So that's good, Tom. Yeah. The only thing that stood out to me is, um, did they understand what he meant at this time, um, what it meant to be when he says, I baptize you as water, but he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Did they even understand the concept of what baptizing in the Holy Spirit meant? I would say no. I mean, that would be my, my reading study, but they did understand baptizing in water, um, which I looked up that a little bit more. So the baptizing of water, what's interesting is that the baptizing with water, the Jews, when they were looking at that, they, that was something that usually Gentiles who decided to become Jews would do. Okay? And, in fact, mostly baptism was done as a cleansing where the person did it themselves. So there was, where Jews would go, there's like these baptismals right before the temple, where you can still see them today, where Jews, before they would go in sometimes into the temple, they would dunk themselves in the water. They would self-baptize, we would say, to be sort of show them being clean. Because that's what baptism is, is sort of it's the cleanliness from sin. It's cleaning off, right? But when John the Baptist was doing this, he's doing it where they would expect that what they're seeing is it's going to be mostly Gentiles decide they want to become proselytes, want to become Jews, and this was the way to show that they were being cleansed. However, in John, what they're seeing, and what John the Baptist is, they're seeing a lot of Jews starting to do this too, and they're going, what is going on? Which is exactly why you have what ends up happening. You end up having the leaders say, excuse me, um, hey, you guys, you know, priests and Levites, uh, you know, you guys know about all this purity and ritual stuff, and you see what the heck this guy's doing out there in the Jordan River? Well, what's, what's happening? Which is why we see... It starts out that way, which is like, we're going to send some people out and find out what the heck this guy is doing. Um, so, yeah, Eric. 
<clears throat> culturally, what occurs to me is, is the Pharisees and Sadducees see an insurrection starting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very possibly. Because this is the beginning of something that's going to challenge their authority of uh-huh. the way things are supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. Which would probably come back a little bit to what you just said. They said baptize them with the Holy Spirit. Like, no clue what they're talking about. is my expectation. They probably well, they did not ex- know. You wouldn't expect that until after the resurrection. Right. That they would, you know... It's amazing how clueless they were, you know. Yeah. They walk around with him for three years and still don't know who he is. Yeah. It's easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but that's what I mean. It's just really they, they difficult. Did, yeah, but we'd all be like them. Hindsight. Oh, yeah, yeah we would. Sure. We would. Yeah, 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 sure. We didn't have enough information yeah. to, to make any better judgment. Well, there, there were a few miracles that you would go... You know, if you raise somebody from the dead, you know, who you knew had been dead for three days, or you'd think that you'd have some more of an inkling than they demonstrated. You mean their faithlessness after he was crucified? Is that what you no, mean? No, before. before. The, like the raising the lack of... But they believed at that They time. believed him, but they didn't... Recognize the depth of, of, of who he was. Of who he yeah, was. Well, how about, you know, Hosanna in the name of the highest? You know, all the people of Jerusalem were out there with palm fronts. They thought he was the Messiah, so I bet the, I bet the apostles did too at that time. Everyone right, had just high hopes before he. Uh, right, but they just didn't fully. What were they expecting that Messiah to be then right. when they're coming in? They're expecting that Messiah to be one who's going to come in and all of a sudden they're waiting for him to call upon all the, you know. Well, he. Horsemen, everything that come because in, in their scriptures, they believe right. there was one right. appearance of Christ, and we learned yeah. that there's two. Yeah. But yeah. they didn't know there was two. Yeah. No. Even right. the disciples, they thought he was the guy. Yeah. So when he was crucified, they went, "Oh, we were wrong. <laughs> we were proud of here." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Ken, you were. Yeah, I just wanted to if you guys could clarify this for me. After me comes a man who ranks before me. Uh huh. Because he was before me. Yeah, that's a really important statement there. Yeah, because I'm the John in my mind. I'm thinking, obviously, he's talking about Jesus, and then he said, "Before me, who's before him? Is that God? It's Jesus, who was and always will be." Right. So he's he is saying, "Here's is Jesus." Okay, I'm looking at Dale, like Dale Jesus. Okay. And he's saying, I'm doing this baptism, and I'm doing this stuff. I'm going to announce, here comes Dale, right? But Dale's not just going to come now. Dale was actually here way before I did all this. What verse are you talking about? Um, He's talking about um, verse 30. Okay, so this, he said, of whom after me... Which is referring to Jesus, you know, he's doing the baptism. He's now going to announce the coming of Jesus, which we're going to see. Right. After me comes comes someone who is before me. This is really going back to John one one, which is saying this word was was always there from the beginning. We're going to see that Jesus 
and we're going to see this even in, in John, that we're going to see inklings of how Jesus was actually, we go back to what Tom said about the Old Testament, how Jesus was actually the one who, for example, Isaiah saw back in the time of Isaiah. So Jesus always has been, okay, he's God. He was in part of what was going on all through the Old Testament. People did not know that then. They're finding that out now. He's the third, he's the second person of the Trinity, all right? But he wasn't incarnate to where I like this (laughs) until we're here. But were those people he was talking to, did they interpret the Old Testament prophecy. I mean, I I think it's just it goes back to goes back to what Tom was in this discussion we we're just having that yeah. they had the prophecies and stuff, but they did not fully understand. And all of us would be in the same place yeah. <laughs> is to going. Sure. Wait a minute, this is not what we expected. All right, well, we see Isaiah fifty three. We see these different things where we're seeing. We expect it to look like this. Well, and it makes sense. Because their idea of a Messiah was King David. I mean, King David was their way of thinking, this is what a Messiah, a king, is going to look like. He's going to come in. He's going to defeat the enemy physically. We're going to take over our land. There's going to be peace upon our land. And everybody else is gone. <laughs> you know, that's their expectation about what a Messiah is. Um, and there were some who claimed to be that Messiah in the 400 years between the Old Testament being finished and 400 years until Jesus came again, there were people who claimed and said they were the Messiah, and you don't know their names. Why? Because <laughs> they died <laughs> and it didn't happen. Hey, Charlie. What's up, Charlie? How are you guys? Jason, you're going to... Yeah, um, Does that, and were you, am I helping there a little, Ken? You did. Okay. You helped All right. third okay. a lot of it out okay. for me. All right, okay. Thank you. So um, the, other, the other thing that's important to know is that he is addressing Jews. Right. Right? So we all would have been in the same boat if we were Jews. Why does the Roman centurion get it immediately? And he goes, this guy's got more faith than, than every Jew in the world. Why? Because of what was said in Isaiah. I'm going to blind you. I'm going to yeah, keep you right. from hearing. I'm going to okay. Right. So, and why Christ says, only those that come to me through can, can, the only ones that can get to me are the ones that come through the Father. So, I believe that was addressing Jews specifically. Mm-hmm. Okay, not Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And that's why he talks about the apostles as th- those that you have given me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So. When I, I think, based on this stuff, John John was fiery. He was and and he was throwing it in the face. Now, of course, he was given what he was given by God. He was mm-hmm. given it through the Spirit, that mm-hmm. voice that he heard that, that right, which we'll see. Him to. Right. So when he uses Isaiah, he's being a- aggressive to the the Levites. You should know this. Right. Okay? I'm this guy. Don't you guys get it? Haven't you been waiting? Right? So, um, and as far as the one who comes before me, and now he's speaking with his people, right? John being one of them, presumably, um, and um, the author guy. And um, so he's challenging them as well. 
to go back to the prophecy to hopefully help, I think, open their mind to that reality. Yeah. yeah. Eric, you're... <clears throat> In a way, isn't his truthfulness, his power, his authority stand on what Isaiah said so many years before? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that he's standing on that prophecy. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's right. That's his credentials, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And they should know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I think, sh- I think sh- John is using John the Baptist in the same way. That's he's just building a, a, a platform. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so... So the first night I asked all of Can you... Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. An observation yeah. of mm-hmm. the reading. Yep. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, verse twenty-eight. Um, but among you stands one you do not know. Where are you? Where are you reading? Verse twenty-six. Sorry, twenty-six. Okay. Can't see really. John answered, "Am I baptized with water?" But among you stands one you do not know. Mm-hmm. Does that mean Jesus is in the crowd? No. No. He's, he's alive and there. But among you stands one you do not know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like he's there. He, he, he's speaking to the Pharisees. I think it would be pretty cool yeah. if Jesus was there. And, well, uh, he, and he hadn't been revealed yet. Well, I think... And John knew he was that, there. That's very possible. I mean, I could read that to, to, to believe that he's there. Because he hasn't started mm-hmm. his ministry yet. Right. But he's just about ready he's to do that. He's just about to. Yeah. John's going <laughs> right. to do it. I know. So, you know, time-wise, is that like right then that he just continues on? And then, and then another one on verse 31 below that. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. So John's saying, mm-hmm. the reason I am baptizing is to, is to reveal him to Israel. Uh, which goes back to what we about, it's for the Jews first. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't, as a Gentile, I don't get that. <laughs> but, sure. it, but it's pretty cool. Because mm-hmm. he's saying, you know why I'm, I'm baptizing all you people? Because he's coming. They're like, I, I'd go, what? Doesn't I don't get the connection. Like it's symbolic going in to meet Yahweh, meet God. He's, it's, it's a ceremony that it's compares spirit, the spiritual world for Jesus to, to be come into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, so just, that's just going along with what you just said. Um, at the very least, if I take, if I take this... Um, just the face of it, in what you just read, John one twenty six, about saying, one who stands before me, what does verse 29 say? The next day. Okay? What happens the next day? Jesus is there, the Spirit falls upon him. So was Jesus there that day? Mm-hmm. Says among them? I'll go with the Tom. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And the, just one other, just the uh-huh. ending of this, yeah. this, this starts with verse 32, John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend like heaven from the dove, like a dove, and it remained on him. So he's been blessed with a spiritual sight. Mm-hmm. Others didn't see that. Right. And, and he says, I, did, I myself didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, that's God yeah, speaking, exactly. isn't it? Exactly, it is God that's speaking. That's not Jesus speaking. That's correct. So God's, the I mean, this guy's dialed in. John Baptist, he's John, the God's talking to him, he says, uh, you see the spirit descending on the dove, uh, like a dove on that man. That's him. Yeah. Which I mean, now you, which now you know why John the Baptist gets to be in the prologue twice. <laughs> he, he he gets to see God and hear God. Well, hear God at least. Yeah. 
Anybody else in here as far as just reading, just on the reading of it? Just a quick one uh, from that same verse. I really love the, the symbolism of the dove. Yeah. And you think of the dovetail and how the Father and the Son are connected. And that descent through the Spirit and coming into the world is, I mean, it's beautiful. Pretty like cool. the whole way, like, I don't know, it's the only way to say it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Do you think he was anointed with protection at the same time because of his mission? Well, in one way, absolutely, because God's making orchestrating all this going on, right? So behind the scenes, this is the time. These guys are going to go back and report to the Pharisees what's going on. That's right. Although you can see that um, John doesn't end well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, it depends on how you look at it. Right. But he ends well in eternity, but... Uh, things get cut short, I guess you could put a, like his head, that's <laughs> off a, his body. That's a poor temper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So, I want us now to go through this sort of almost verse by verse. But I want to do so in the context of this, which is the first night I asked all of you who are here, I asked the question, what's the purpose of you being here? Okay, why are you here? And through that conversation, Dale um, brought up the whole idea about how, and you can, I mean, you can correct me here, okay, um, paraphrasing, brought up the whole idea about how particularly us guys were, were able to, you know, with some, we struggle with the idea of who am I, we want to ask and identify ourselves by what we do. Okay, and you brought that up again two weeks ago. In fact, may I make the observation that even tonight, you had a conversation, you two had a conversation. You, you, well, no, but I was, but you, listen, sure. you two, who was? Chad was sitting was there. Was there. Was oh, us, yeah. yeah, Chad, sorry. Chad was over there. <laughs> you guys are all like, Woo. So Chad was over there, okay, having a conversation with him, and the, what they were doing was exactly having that conversation. What is it you do? Okay. Um, What I want us to do is is we read through John the Baptist. What John the Baptist is doing is, what, what John is doing with John the Baptist is he is revealing the answer to the question, who am I? Who is John the Baptist? Who is this guy? All right. And that's, that is what John, the author, is trying to do, is show us who is this guy. All right? And I want us to think that as we go through here. Um, who is this guy named John the Baptist? You know, one tiny note there. Yes. It's like what you're saying, he's identifying who he is by what he does. And I right. can't think of another character in the Bible that has that. Um, maybe there's a lot, but I can't think of it. John the Baptist. I mean, Jesus of Nazareth, that came from places. Yeah. But yeah. he's the only guy that has a, a job description in his name. Interesting. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think he I'm called himself John. <laughs> he probably didn't call himself I'm John the Baptist. He just was John, who happened to be Yeah. That's how other True. people identify yeah. him. Yeah. But to his point, other people call him John the Baptist. Right. And no one else really has that. Some of them just called him the Baptist. They didn't do yeah. the job. I didn't even think about that until you just said that. I never thought it. was kind of like Dale's yeah. the Bush guy. Yeah. 
This man. That you two were talking about. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's interesting in English, maybe in other languages, but a lot of our last names are job descriptions. You know that? Yeah. John Potter. Yeah. Bill Smith. Blacksmith. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Miller. Yeah. Huh? Miller, whatever you yeah. did. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look, look, uh, at, look at the way in the Old Testament, every time a name is given to something, it's for a reason. Like Israel, for example. Oh, it meant something else. Yeah. It was what happened here, or what does it do? Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. All right, so let's start. Uh, verse 19. So it starts out by saying, and this is the testimony, the witness of John, so it's right out. In fact, this idea we talked about last week a little bit is we're going to see John, what does John do? We're going to see this word testimony, witness, born witness. I mean, that is all the same word, I think I said last week. So that's one, this is now the testimony of what John, who John is, or what he, testimony of John, the Baptist. And it says, when the Jews, now this is a problem, I'm just going to sort of address this right now. This is a problem that existed for centuries. One of the reasons why Christians so persecuted Jews, all right, through the last 2,000 years. Part of it actually comes from the book of John, because the Jews (laughs) were taken to mean um, all the Jews, all right, and the Jews in this term in John, the Book of John, the Gospel of John, are often not portrayed very positively, as we will start out right here. And so, actually, the word "the Jews" you have to look at the context in John. But usually, if I look at the context here, how would you identify who are the Jews? Okay, so just look at look at verse nineteen. So, word chapter three. More than one, chapter, chapter one, one, verse, so chap, page eight, page eight, one nineteen. So I'm, my question is, reading it in context, who are the Jews here? Priests and Levites. Those who sent the priests and Levites. Those who sent the priests and Levites. Very good, Lance. Which means they are who? The leaders. Very good. They're the leaders, Okay. They are the ones who were above the priests and Levites, which in that case would be who? Pharisees and Sanhedrin. Very good. Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin and the Pharisees. Those are the groups and the leaders, okay, which were directing this. So when you hear the word the Jews, you have to keep that in context that many times what we're really talking about is the leadership of the Jews, not the Jews as a whole, okay? Um, so just keep that in mind. Because, like, if you ever have someone read, you say, hey, here's a new believer, or here's someone I, who don't, doesn't know Christ, go read John. This might be a question they come up with. Like, man, those Jews really, you know, blah, 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 right? And you have to be really careful about who they are here. Okay, so what happens, just what you guys were talking about, the Jews send... Priests, the, the Pharisees say they send the priests and the Levites from Jerusalem to ask John. And what do they ask him? <laughs> they ask him Dale's question. Who the heck are you? All right. They don't even say, what do you do? They ask, who are you? All right. 
<clears throat> and very emphatically, and there's a lot of in the way the Greek is written here, it's very emphatic. John confessed. He did not deny. In other words, he answered honestly. But he confessed. So see how this double, double whammy here? He confessed. He didn't deny, but he confessed. In other words, I'm telling you, like, the truth. And but what's he knew his what they answer? Were after because he used the word Christ. You what? He knew what they were after because well, he said, I'm right. not the Christ. Well, they're one they, That's I really interesting. Yeah. I never mm-hmm. thought of that. The context was like, whoa, this guy's the Christ. Are you? Are you People must be going to Jerusalem saying that the Christ is on the Jordan. Right. Which is why, who was it? But you said this. It was someone say about the whole, this is going to be insurrection, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, because if it's if this person is claiming to be the Messiah, that person ultimately would be, how? where would that person be placed with the, fan, the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin? Enemy number one. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> King, in essence. Okay, over them. How about right. this? He says in here, he's preparing the way for mm-hmm. the Messiah. Mm-hmm. He's preparing the way for Jesus' trouble, too. He's setting it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he, he got the attention of the leaders in Jerusalem, and they're coming out. Are you the Christ? <laughs> you right. know? Right. And then Jesus, is the next day, maybe, is declared to be the, the Christ. With yeah. The Dutch. I mean, <laughs> The guys just turned around and went back to Jerusalem. They just missed Jesus. Like, oops, just, yeah. just missed the real guy. So, what is the to, answer? One thing occurs yeah. to me mm-hmm. is, is God is probably giving him the words to respond in the circumstance. Uh, very possible. Because it's so clever what he says. Yeah. Well, notice what he says. Look, look how clever it is. Just, just look at it. Because he answers, who are you? By saying what? <coughs> what he's not. What he's not. Very good deal. He answers by saying what he's not. And then, I am not the Christ. And of course, what do they do? They try to get, okay, well, if you're not the Christ, that sort of takes off that, what everybody was concerned about. So, who in the heck are you? What's the next thing they're going to be worried about? And this is the job, just to be blunt, this is the job of the Pharisees, in a positive way. The job of the Pharisees and Sanhedrin is to make sure you don't have any heretics. You don't have people coming out of nowhere claiming to be something that is against the whole Jewish, you know, against the Bible. All right. So in some ways you can say they actually have a positive role here was to check out who is this. All right. So John says he's not the Christ. And then they asked him, well, what then are you? Are you Elijah? And why would they? Why do you think they would ask that? Anybody know their Old Testament? Why would they say, "Are you Elijah"? Why? There's there's some prophecy that he would come back. Okay. Well, he was carried up to heaven, right? Very good. In the chariot. So he was one of the few people that we did, didn't die. Okay, and was taken up to heaven, and he was a prophet. Okay. So it's very possible if this guy didn't die, and that's actually in the Old Testament scriptures, um, hmm, maybe this guy's coming back, all right? And that would make sense because. Well, they're asking he didn't these die. questions so they know how to deal with them. That's what they're trying to figure out who John, they're trying to figure out who he is. What he recognizes is they're not seeking the truth. 
They're not seeking understanding. They well, want. They're coming from a defensive perspective. Well, I, I'm just just for to, to play devil's advocate. We don't necessarily know that. So, they, again, it's possible, but we don't have the tone here. We don't really know where they are. They, well, they told. Are I, they I knew with Jason. They were yeah. sent by the spares. Well, they, they're, they're on a job. They're they were sent, job. but they're, they're on a job to find out. Who is this? They guy? don't have any spiritual interest in. That's right. Then, then what, are I you, mean, what are you teaching? What are you doing? They're trying to figure it out. No, they're right. not trying to figure out what he's doing. They're <laughs> yeah. trying to. De- who are you? So we know if we should be threatened or not. Yeah. Well, right. Exactly. A fact finding mission. That's yeah. Right. So that, I think what you're saying right. is John the Baptist knew these guys were hostile. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it's also interesting uh-huh. that they ask, "Poor, are, are you Elijah?" Craig. Because that's a that's like a big. A big figure to ask about. Mm-hmm. And so he obviously had to have, what he was doing had to have been special. I mean, we don't have like a ton of scripture on John the Baptist, right? But if he's just some crazy guy out there in the wilderness doing whatever, that's it's a pretty hefty question to ask him. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Are you the Christ? He knew their question before they, they didn't even have to right. say it. Yeah. So are you the Messiah? Yeah. It's big. And again, why are you asking me that? Right. Are you interested? So listen to the progression here. I am not the Christ. Then they asked him, what then are you? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. And then they asked the next question, which would actually be logical in their, in, for them, is, are you the prophet? Does that mean Isaiah? or Any prophet. Any prophet that would be a valid prophet, are of you a prophet? Time. It's the prophet of, of yeah, the day. Was. Yeah. It could, and it could be the pro- what, who is the prophet? They're We're trying to figure you. out, huh? We're asking you. But yeah, I don't know who the prophet is. Is it another but name for Jesus? I don't think it's. I want to say it's another name for Jesus because what do we have? So think about the Old Testament again. Where were we? We were in Isaiah. What ends up happening at the end of the Old Testament time, all the way up to 400 BC? Before the Old Testament stops at, at um, Malachi, what are all those books called? The minor prophets. The prophets, yeah, the minor prophets, the prophets. Because what did you have at this time? The way God spoke Hebrews was through the prophets. All right, the prophets. So here, I would take that not to mean like that's right, Jesus. They're wondering, oh, has God now sent, finally, a prophet? Have you sent the Messiah? Would make sense. The question, because they've been waiting for the Messiah. Well, if you're not the Messiah, are you Elijah, which is like this figure that's very possible? Or, if you're not Elijah, are you the prophet? The new prophet. A new prophet that is coming to tell us what what God's up to. And they've had 400 years of complete silence from God. Nothing. Alright? And here comes this guy, John the Baptist, doing some weird stuff, and they're like... He could have answered yes to that. Are you the new prophet? But what does he say? He's not. He said no. Yeah. So notice the progression. Do you guys see a progression in his answers? No. He says no every time. No progression. Think of the progression. There's an opposite progression actually here. Yeah. That's why I really believe that he's preceding, and he, that's his job, is to precede. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that 
God is giving him these words. Well, definitively. Right, right. Very definitively. And, and God is speaking through him. Uh-huh. And, and, I mean, it's just brilliant the way he answers because they can't pin anything on him. Right. They can't accuse him of anything. But do you see a progression in his answers? No. <laughs> That's the progression. Yeah, Dale. That is the progression? Well, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, in, in list, just listening to the reading, I recorded, first he says he's a voice. Uh-huh. Then he says he recognizes Christ in the crowd. So he visually recognized him and recognized the spirit landing on him and uses the metaphor of a dove. And he says, uh, he calls him by name, gives him a name, mm-hmm. not the bush guy, uh, but the Lamb of God. Uh-huh. So, so we're going to see that. Yeah. But before we get to that, I'm just talking about this progression, because what's the answer to all the questions of these three? The question is, Tom, what's the answer to all these three questions? No. 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 Yeah, yeah. I, I, but do you see the progression in the? I'm just. Yeah, it starts high and goes yeah, lower. Exactly. In status. It, the, right. The, so the, notice. Okay. Yeah. No, that's what I'm trying yeah. to get. So notice not just that, but also notice that's one. And the other one is notice the answers get much shorter, mm-hmm. to where it's just simply your answer. It's yeah. like, like I'm not the Christ. Okay. Yeah. Well, are you Elijah? I'm not. Yeah, but, not but, even, are you right. this? No. <laughs> He doesn't it's just like, say, I'm not. He says, right. I am not. Right. I am not. Exactly. No. Right. But I am not the Christ. I am not. No. It's just, you see this like, So what does no. that mean to you? Doesn't it, It's just to point out to see there's a, I think what it means when you're seeing progression like that is John the Baptist is getting very emphatic. Like, I'm not who you think I am. All right, I'm not any of these. Well, just no. sounds like you might be getting a little upset with them. Like, tired Very well could be. I'm, I don't want to answer your question. Like you were getting, like, just no. Right? I mean, no. He's just like that. He's yeah. also alluding to the, the I am. I'm just a... I, anytime <clears throat> I see I am, it's, it is... He's alluding to who is coming. I am not. I am not. And it, I, it's it's not by mistake. You just say no, no, no. But instead, he says, "I am not." Let's see, there we go. They're they're saying, "I am not too." <laughs> Confirmation. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Eric. <laughs> I think the important thing when we look at it: Are you the Christ, Elijah, and prophet? Basically, each step down indicates a lesser threat. So at first, it's the biggest threat. Then, okay, if you're not the biggest threat, maybe you're the middle threat. And if you're not the middle threat, maybe you're the smaller threat because we need to know what kind of threat you are so we know how to deal with you. Exactly, yeah. So, my question to all of you guys is, have you ever answered when someone asks you, who are you, and start out with who you are? you ever thought about even starting that question from someone, either literally or sort of figuratively in the sense of, 
when we think about when someone comes up and asks, who are you? Or they want to get some identity from you. They want to try to figure out, who are you? Who is this Jason guy? Okay. Um, how often know? are we to answer that question by saying who we are not? There's too many things we're not. If you think about that, well, can anybody think about like what would you, what would you, if I said you had to answer, if someone came up to you and says, "Who are you?" What would you be creative? What well, would see, you come up with saying, "I'm not"? This. To solve that problem in our world, yeah, we put on uniforms. Oh, interesting. So we don't in the. Uh huh. It's like a kid that's on the beach. There's 300 people on the beach. Uh huh. And something serious happens. And this 16 year old kid runs up and takes charge, and everybody says, okay. Why? Because he has a bathing suit that says lifeguard on it. Mm. Interesting. So that answers the question, you know. So, and we do that with firemen and policemen and. Yeah, good, good I point. Have, I have a, an answer to experience yeah. like yours. Yeah, yeah. You guys um, know Spago's in Beverly Hills. It used to be the fanciest restaurant where the Post Academy Award party was and stuff. And I used to live up in L.A., and I was there with a gal one night. And a lot of tourists go there from the Midwest and stuff to see the stars. So I'm sitting with this gal, and this middle-aged woman comes up, and she goes, Excuse me, but aren't you somebody? <laughs> I said, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm Ken Brenna. <laughs> and you didn't even bother to ask, who do you think I am? You just said, I am not. Yeah, Eric. I'm sitting next to Lance. Right. Lance is going to be a psychologist. And he pulled some things out of me tonight that I'm really surprised. I think an appropriate answer would be, if you really go esoteric, is... I'm not who you want me to be. Interesting. Okay. No, that's a good. I, I like that because that's often what. And that is applies happening. to the to this situation because yeah. they wanted John yeah. the Baptist to be some somebody. Exactly. Yeah. See, because Dale's question is, "What do you do?" Is a filter for can you be something that I want you to be for me? Right. Or or. Need I yeah, be impressed? Yeah, as well. Right, yeah. right, right. Important. Yeah. So, like, I okay. So, like, look at this picture. I just saw this right now. I want to be a psychologist. Okay. <laughs> so, when you look at this picture, I'm gonna go along with what you just said. But that was interesting. I didn't think about that before. So, I brought this picture. So, who is in charge here? Some of you guys should get that right right off. Which which person is in authority here? Coast Guard. Which which person? The, the blue. You have two the guys blue. in uniform, so it's it's an oxymoron. It depends on the symbol on his lapel. <laughs> is, okay. that, is, that, is that Coast Guard? No, it's actually oh. no, it's actually Navy. So this is my son-in-law right there. Okay, with all the outfit on oh. U.S. Navy, he's getting an award on his ship for um, being the top um, person for the quarter. Okay, on the, on the whole ship. Top he finally got ass. that award. Yeah, okay. <laughs> For that quarter, which he was really proud of. He just got it, actually. So my daughter just sent me that picture of him, okay? Sailor, sailor of the year. But it goes back to sort of what you said. It's like, um, you know, you look at this. And funny, I've showed this picture to some people, and without saying who he is, and they don't know who he is, and they don't really know who is in charge here. 
you know, some people will look at this and they're they're not in the military. See, I'm look military at him. And look at all of his garb and think that. Collar. Yeah, I want to see what that is. Yeah, you want to see. What is there it? it is, Gilbert Captain. Uh, <laughs> and what's what's the symbol on his collar? Uh, on his oh, on his collar is it an eagle? Eagle. Oh, that's 06. That's that's just big... one step below admiral. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh there you go. All right. So it's sort of interesting. Goes back to your the, the question is like okay, you look at people in uniform, it sort of gives away what the answer to that you know question is. Um, so anyway, anybody else? Like if you think of that question, someone asks you, or well, so depends, used to answering it, who we are. Depends on the situation, but yeah, you know, I am not Very your different. I'm not your enemy. Okay, I'm not your enemy. Okay, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's depending on. The, sorry. Yeah, I am not a firefighter. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, actually, I hear it all the time, like, in the fire department, like, I am not this, I'm not that, like, because we all oh, have the do. same stuff, yeah, so we go to, like, a drill in a different battalion, huh. like, a different geographic area, and there's all these guys, and, like, you know the guys you work with, but you'll work overtime somewhere, and you have no idea who these people are, hmm. and, like, guys will walk around, like, oh, who's in charge, who's this, oh, I'm not the one in charge of this, I'd, like, like, this isn't my show, because sooner or like, even some of the guys who may be kind of the ones who are supposed to be running things, like, oh, no, it's not me, because, that like, as soon as you are, now everyone's like criticizing every little thing you do. Yeah, yeah. I'm not an octopus, <laughs> but it almost seems like, like you'll see. Well, mm -hmm. if, if you're not that, then you're not answering my question. <laughs> Who uh -huh. are you then? If you're not a prophet, if you're not the Elijah, right. if you're not these things, right. well, yeah, so, you got them exasperated, so then, they had to ask, then, "Well, who are you then?" Right. Then, exactly. Then, then yeah. Who, when Ryan was in college, Marilyn and I went up to see him at San Luis Obispo, uh -huh. and we stopped in Pismo Beach to have dinner. So we go into this place and order dinner, and we're eating our clam chowder, and this guy walks over, he has a pen and a napkin, and he says, could I have your autograph? So I wrote my name on it. <laughs> You didn't say anything else. You just wrote your name. Yeah, I just wrote I name. I can believe it. So I handed it to him. He says, no, no, no. He says, I want your real name, Paul. Newman? Yeah. Oh, goodness. I said, no. I, I said, I'm not who you think I am. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. So he goes back to his table, and they have dinner. And then they leave before us. And as he walks by, he says, good night, Paul. <laughs> Oh, you can be who I want you to be. Right. Yeah, you know, I laugh about that all the time. There's another dimension here. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. The people are asking the questions are under a big gun because mm -hmm. they have to bring back the truth and the answers. Right. Because if they screw it up, then That's they're right. toast. Right. So they're between a rock and a hard place and getting the answers, and he's giving him these answers, and they're, they're not going to do too, too good when they show up and say, well, he asked them these questions. Exactly. Yeah. But but he did give them kind of a foreshadowing, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mean beforehand or now? Well, now when he starts saying, well, yeah. yeah. The voice so, the voice. Right, so here we go. So, and, uh, so are you the prophet? He answered, no. So they said to him, again, notice how they are not giving up, right? Who are you? And, he, and then they say, just what I think yours are saying, 
like, we need to give an answer to those who sent us. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right? We've been sent to find out who the heck you are. Right? And so then, and then they continue on, what do you say about yourself? Again, again I think sort of the idea of, okay, who are you? You know, tell me, I mean, I'm trying to figure out who this guy is. All right, almost, I almost think like maybe they're trying to figure out, okay, so what are you doing here? Um, what's your job? <laughs> okay. Um, they're not really ans- asking who you are. They're really trying to figure out more, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? Um, so. It goes back to where Eric is always putting it. Is how much of a threat are you? Yeah, yeah. And that's what they really want to know. Right, right. So, John the Baptist says, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. That's his credentials. Yes. So, what did we say about this so unique here in John, about how this verse, how this passage happens? Does anybody remember? Versus the other three Gospels. The other three Gospels record something similar. But it's only in this one. Eyewitness. Uh, no, I, well, what did you say? John was there. I was going to say, oh. you mentioned how if you read it, um, each line starting from the beginning to the end, and you go back to the beginning, in the very middle is the most important line. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's what you're referring Yeah, to. okay. Well, that's good. That's chiasm. But that's not, that's, that's good to know that. But what is different? All three other Gospels. Synoptic. Right. Yeah, the synoptic, thank you, very good. All the, the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all record this incident. But there's something very unique about how John records this incident. This specific thing where this passage is brought up. Conversation. He doesn't name himself. He, he describes it as a witness. Sees this. What did you say? What would you mean by what you said? These are conversations, so he's there. The others are second part. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this, so that's, so in the other ones, the the author, Matthew, Mark, the the authors are describing the incident, but it's only in John that John says this is what John the Baptist said. So only John records that it's not just like it's an interpretation of what John the Baptist is doing. But John the Baptist is actually saying, this is who I am. Conversation. He's actually using the words. He's, John the Baptist is saying, in the voice of him, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. So here you have the direct eyewitness, the direct from the horse's mouth, as you would say. John the Baptist is saying, yes, I am the one. And that conversation is recorded. And you were saying that this John who wrote the book was in, he was a disciple of John the Baptist. Right, well, probably, yes. He was hanging exactly. around with him. Right, right. And so he overheard this conversation. Exactly. And that's why he's making this point, that he actually was there when the other three right. did not. Very good, job. Yeah. He was an eyewitness to actually seeing that happen. Exactly. Why do you think John was eating bugs and dressed so shaggily? It was often the... Desert, like in Judah, um, he, where he was... Um, I mean, was it, it's a statement of absolute humility, really. Well, yeah, and so we read on. <laughs> well, it, it, it also shows he was not 
part of the culture, not a, a materialist. He didn't yeah. have a job. Mm-hmm. I mean, true prophets. Well, did the other prophets live like that? Elijah. Elijah kind of did. He, yeah. he had a coat made of hair. Yeah. Isaiah walked around naked. I know that for a while. <laughs> they were, <laughs> got people's attention. Having a coat made of hair nowadays would be very fancy. <laughs> Slash a reason for somebody to spray paint you or something. So. So now we hear the answer to the question, who am I? So what is John the Baptist saying, who he is? How, how do you guys interpret that when you hear that? So who is John the Baptist based on his answer? I mean, he's giving an actual description of who he is. When you think about how he describes who he is, think about how we describe who we are, Think about how John the Baptist describes who he is. So that's all we had of John the Baptist was this one statement. The voice of crying out in the wilderness. Okay, so tell me what. To, how would you summarize and who? How is John? How is John describing his identity? This is the identity. Okay, we all get you know people identify. You know, what's what's my identity? Who am I? Okay. So how does John identify himself? What is his identity? Messenger. Think about that. Messenger. What? Messenger. A messenger. Okay, from, from very who? good. Is that a messenger? Tell me more when you say he's a messenger. He's, he's bringing a message. From who? Right. Well, that's what <laughs> they want to know. What, what does he say? <laughs> but, but who does, what does he say? Right. So what's, what's his, who is John? He is a messenger, which you're right. Of? Of? Jesus. Of? Well, yes. Well, Ultimately. The knowledge. The knowledge. Of, of God the Father. Right. Yeah. Right. And he's acclaiming that authority on... Isaiah. What? The, on Isaiah. Exactly. All right. So, when someone asks you, who are you? <laughs> I want you to think about how do you answer that question? Think if someone really was to say, you have one sentence, like John the Baptist. You have one sentence to answer the question, in one sentence, who are you? He's answering by saying what he is doing, present tense. I am the one crying out in the wilderness, so that's what I am doing now. They say, who are you? I am the one who is doing this now. But you're missing one part of that. I am what? The voice. The voice. The voice. Right. Of one crying out in the wilderness. Yeah. So is he saying he's the voice of someone else? No. He's saying he's no. the voice of... He's, he's, identi- and he's identifying himself according to Scripture. He's identifying himself... According to Isaiah. As, as an arm of God. He's yeah. a precursor. He's identifying himself to these guys who should know, and he's basically confronting them with their secular reality and identifying them in the way that they should be identifying themselves. Yeah, so the one thing you just said, listen to what Jason just said. He'd identify himself as I am what? A voice. A, a voice of? God. God. So think about how you identify yourself. Most of the time when we identify ourselves, think about how you would answer that question. Listen to how John answers this question. It's really critical. 
Because John, I'll just say it, John answers this question as his identity is based on his relationship to another. So he's not trying to just say, I'm Greg, and I'm something. I'm, I'm someone's voice, he said. Right. I am, I am someone's voice, and I am that voice of God, which means I am my identity is not wrapped up in me, 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 me. My identity is wrapped up in my relationship to someone else, which is God here. Okay. So, like, when we think about how do we identify ourselves, I'm not very often do you see in, I would say, probably in the general world, our people, identi- their identity is all wrapped up in me. <laughs> right? That'd be like and someone you, in the Bible saying, I'm a servant of the Most High. Uh-huh. It well, would be. Exactly. Or what did, what did we learn in what did we learn in Galatians? What's our identity? Mm-hmm. Slave. Sir. Slave, exactly. We're a slave. Of we don't just say we're a slave, we're a slave in relationship to someone, which is Christ. So think about that. Somebody just goes back and I'm going to say, someone asks you, who are you? How would you answer that question? A guy that was the youth leader here in this church who eventually was a pastor at uh, South Coast? No, what's uh, the one in Newport? Mariners. Mariners. Hmm. His name was Gene Mulway. And he had a sudden death. And uh, at the memorial, they they passed out T-shirts to everybody. Hmm. And on the T-shirt it said "Dolos." It said "Oh, Dolos," oh, Dolos. which is slight. Yeah. Oh, very cool. So that's that's, cool. that's how he was described by there you go. the congregation. Yeah. I mean, do you think about that? That's a serious question. Every one of us guys, all of us, have to ask: is think about who are you really? Where is your core identity? I have an answer. Yeah. Uh huh. A young girl asked me here one day. She didn't say, who are you? Because she knew who I was. But she said, how are you doing? And I asked her if she really wanted to know. And she said, sure. So I said, I know Christ. Hmm. I'm married to Marilyn. My kids like me. I have good friends. I live in Laguna. So I guess I'm doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was my answer. And it's interesting, you know, listening to those answers, many of those answers were a relationship yeah. to someone. Yeah. And I've heard you, and I've, I've watched you a couple of times, people ask you that question. You, you always, almost always mention Marilyn. Your a, wife hit us. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say that, that probably a lot of people identify themselves by with their spouse. Yeah. Their relationship. Mm-hmm. I remember... This might be a little bit off, but I was thinking about Bob Dylan. You got to serve somebody. Have you guys all heard that song? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting about those lyrics. Like, you might be a doctor. You know, he's talking about all these identities, but you still got to serve somebody. Exactly. That's just, like I just saw him a couple weeks ago. He actually he sang that. Oh, huh? Really? Yeah. Huh. At your birthday party? Yeah. Long Beach, he's on tour. That was a joke. He didn't get it. 
<laughs> it was at his house. <laughs> I was thinking about this question like a lot uh, that you asked Craig of like who are we, how do we say that? Mm-hmm. I don't really have like a specific answer for myself personally, but I, f- I finally thought the only thing that like really matters, just in, like a very general sense, is who we all are to Christ. And like I think Dulos Christ is is perfect as a, as a Christian. Mm-hmm. But then I think you can get more specific of like we all have a different spiritual gift and we all have a different thing we may do in the body of Christ. And some some people maybe never really find that because they don't really dig into the relationship with Christ. But it's like, if I really was to answer that, that's like the only thing that actually has any weight to it. Because we're all going to die and fade away and no one, like, as far as like an earthly way, like, like, like in physical death, like people like aren't going to remember that much of most people. Mm-hmm. And like, Besides what we do in Christ, like a lot of it just seems so insignificant to me. So, like, that's what actually has us like eternal weight, and will matter forever. Right. So, like, it seems like like the only possible appropriate way to answer things is, is like is just regarding our relationship to Christ. Right. What? Have, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, if you guys remember, um, two weeks ago I spoke about the hike I did with my hiking crew up to Mount Baldy and how I was talking to the kind of the leader and explaining to him about you know about Jesus because I always said I was always a little afraid I always wanted to use God and people always talk about higher power and that was kind of my breakthrough so you gotta understand these this crew we call them the, the four core we invited a couple more people and we don't really know each other. Like we don't know a lot about our jobs. You know, only the two, just the leader and me, are really close here in Vienna. And so we went up to the High Sierras this last, this weekend, and um, the same group. And we kind of like, like I'm looking at this as like we really have not said, well, what do you do, or who are you? Nobody's, you know, we just know our name, our names. And, yeah. And and so. We're up about 11,000 feet and 20 miles into our hike, and we find a campground. And I, I'm, I told you, Greg, how mm-hmm. eager I was to to get going on this. And so we're uh, set up camp, and we went down by the spring and the creek. And I said, "Hey, Roy," I said, uh, "Do you have a problem? Would you be okay with it if I said prayer before?" Mm-hmm. He says, no, and he goes, I, I really need this. You know, I'm going to Bible study. I really need this for myself. And so we all sat around, and we're getting our mountain house <laughs> dry food out, and our stove's lit. Mm. And Roy just said, Ken wants to say something. And I said, I was really actually shocked, because everybody was pretty happy about it. I don't know, maybe they just felt that closeness and camaraderie about you know, we're up here far away from everything, and mm-hmm. it sounded like a good thing to do. And and I, and when I was thinking about what you guys were saying, it's like nobody really knows probably who I am. There were these guys, most of these guys are not from Laguna, except for Roy, the leader. And and I was re- I was requested for the second night to do it again. Mm. I didn't make it, you know, I didn't make it real long or anything. I, but I did. I did use the word Jesus every time, and um, I felt really good. Like everybody felt really comfortable, and um, I don't know. I just felt like we walked away from that trip 
we we didn't go to Whitney. We came back the other way. We we're going to Whitney in 20, 23 days. But what was interesting is we came back from that trip and we still didn't ask anybody like, "What do you do? Or who are you?" Or you know, and I'm I'm wondering to myself now when we go to to Mount Whitney if they're going to want me to do this more and I have to get more prepared. Mm. And I'm wondering if they look at my identity now as like, you know, am I going to be preaching to them? <laughs> am I going to be bothering them? Or am I, who, who is this guy you Jesus bring along? Guy. You bring this yeah. Ken guy along and he's going to be, he's going to be trying to preach. Who something. is he? And I, and I bring this and there's, a, there's a Hispanic guy oh, named Juan. Spring in the wilderness. Yeah, exactly. There's a Hispanic guy named Juan and, um, and I, I actually pull this out of my bag, and, and I read the first chapter with him. And so, hey, man, it was like, yeah. wow. I feel like a lot of this has helped me, and I, I don't feel like I'm real strong at it. But, um, mm. you know, I just wanted to share that with you because I do really feel that I didn't really have to say, I'm this, this, and this, and I'm this person. I'm just Ken, and I mm. want to know if I can share that with you. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think what you're sharing there, I love that that's, that just sort of encapsulates again what my hope and prayers for all of us in this group is to do like what um, John the Baptist is, to be a voice of one crying in the wilderness, to actually be able to do what you're talking about, find ways that we can speak in Christ, speak Christ to the world. It's what changes the world, it's what changes us. Um, and I think that's a, a, a an awesome example of that. And that's what you see, that's why I think it's interesting about John the Baptist here. His identity is based on what he says. How much of our identity is based on what we say as far as our relationship to Jesus? And how do we, I mean, you're giving some really great examples about how do we do that. And there's so many, I mean, we can be as creative as, is all to try to figure out how do we do that in the moment and just say, Lord, give me the opportunity and he's giving you the opportunity. It'll be interesting as you get higher in elevation. <laughs> <laughs> Closer to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of way, you know, to be honest with you, yeah. Yeah. I actually, I, I mean, I, I didn't go that far, but I actually felt that, though, that, that the camaraderie and the higher elevation and the further away from civilization made it easier for me. Yeah. Yeah. It made it easier for me to say the words I really wanted to say. And I, I wasn't as afraid mm-hmm. as I normally, if I was walking in town, I ran into somebody who really knows me and go like, hey, guess what? You know, Jesus is here for you. Let's go say some prayer. Right. You know, I felt like I had the control of the moment and the environment and the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And it, and, and I was able to say some things and, and everybody held hands. And we're talking about some pretty rough guys, you know. Wow. We're all we're all holding hands, and you know, in Jesus' name, Amen. It was, yeah. it was well, and I think part of it is in that passage I've given you guys, Second Corinthians um, two seventeen. It's sort of our theme as we're going through here. It says, "As men of sincerity," and you're doing that. I mean, I think that's the thing to keep thinking about. You got to do it from. It's got to be authentic to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not trying to push something. You're not trying to make something happen. You're just being sincere. And I think the guys are probably already seeing that in you. Um, yeah. What occurs to me is, is that you made yourself vulnerable. And in doing that shows a power and strength through your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that comes through to them. 
because you feel so strongly to want to share that. And so, but you asked, and you were vulnerable, and you were willing to take the consequences, but through that asking and that vulnerability, you showed power and strength and, and everything through that everybody needed on that mountain. Yeah. Through your vulnerability, God showed his power. Yeah. So Christ is healed. Yeah. Second Corinthians two seventeen. Yeah. So, and I want to close. Did you want to say something? Go ahead. Um, you can if you want to. You it's just yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. To what Chad was saying, in, in terms of the answering that question, mm-hmm. who am I? Uh, it's one thing to say. Well, I, I'm a slave of Christ. I'm a, son of a, I'm a servant right. of Christ. Is to ask yourself the question: What do you want the most? You can have anything. Yeah. What do you want the most in all the universe? Mm-hmm. And I think probably all of us here would, if you really truly sat with that, that sincerity, yeah. you would come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Else matters. Right. I want to serve God, right. and that's all. And, and then, being that becomes second. Can I take money and serve God with it? <laughs> no. you, you, you can earn it. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that we limit our own ability to be able to speak about Christ. Mm-hmm both in our community and wherever we go, unjustly. I think there's more people ready and willing to listen to us, just give our testimony or to say something using Christ's name, than would, there's more people that will accept us and allow us to say that Mm -hmm. than people would say, you've got to be kidding you know, well, yeah. and guess yeah, what? You're, you're right. Even yeah. if they do, that's okay too. Yeah. That might be the thing that sticks in their craw that they can never get out, and eventually they have to wrestle with it. And usually, if they do respond that way, it's because that means some God's already we've working that hard. Yeah, I know. So consistently for the past eighty to hundred years, that we we should be over here, and the rest of the world should be over here. When I think there's a whole bunch of people that are more than willing. Oh very, very well said. At the yeah, Sawdust well Festival, I'm all day long. Yeah. I'm unabashed. Yeah. And and it's just, like, miraculous. Yeah. Oh, I'm doing a, a ministry. Yeah. You know, just, you, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's just, it's wild. Yeah. Eric, you were going to... My answer would be, I'm a sinner that's trying to do better. Yeah. So I want to close with John's answer which is interesting to listen to all you guys talk. This is John's answer to that. So verse 24 says, and then we'll close. Now they had been sent from the Pharaoh. Okay, this says, they asked him, the same people, right? Then why are you baptizing if you are neither Christ, nor Elijah, nor, nor the prophet? John answers them, I baptize you with water, but among you stands, as Tom talked about, one you do not know. 
But then he says this statement, which for us, it's very hard to pick up on what this means, unless we understand the culture. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose hand, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. When John says that, so disciples of rabbis during that time, if you were a disciple of someone, which there were, many rabbis and people were disciples. A very common thing they did, okay? Disciples would work for the rabbi to, you know, do dishes, you know, do, do different things, all right? But the one thing a disciple never, ever, ever, ever would do is to untie or to adjust the strap of someone else's sandal. Because only one type of person was ever allowed to do that, and that was the slave of that person. Only slaves were low enough to be able to untie and or do anything with your sandals. So John here is actually saying, I'm not even that. I'm not even that. The power of humility again. That is humility at the lowest I read on commentary, it's like the lowest level of humility. It's like, this is the bottom of it. You can't get more humble than this. And John's saying, who am I? This is who I am. In essence, I am nothing without Christ. I am not just a slave of Christ, but I am even, <laughs> can't find a doulos, can't find a word to even describe something below a doulos. And here he describes it by saying, I'm not even worthy to do what a slave does. He's also saying that Christ is coming. Yeah, well, he is. That's he's exactly telling these just guys. Like just said, or he's there right then, like you said. He's telling the Pharisees, or these you know, guys, Yeah. Um, even he who comes after me, I'm not worthy to untie. I mean, if they're listening, they're going, who's coming? Some, some big shot's coming. So they went back with news. It's not he. John the Baptist is not the guy, but somebody's coming. He said somebody's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So he's pretty brave, and yeah. he's paving the way, even with the enemy. Yeah. And probably shocked them going, oh my gosh, what, what's this guy talking about? Yeah. Because he would assume it would be the Christ. They would assume. See, the guy's the Messiah, or the guy's Elijah, the guy's a prophet. Somebody big How can it be? What's happening? So, all right. Well, good discussion, you guys. Very good. Yeah, thanks. All right, well, Father, we just, uh, again, be closed tonight. Just thanking you for revealing yourself, uh, for exegeting yourself through your son, Jesus. Uh, just thank you for the testimonies already, as, as John was a testimony to you, Lord, uh, during that time. May we be ones who you give us through your spirit and your word, the courage, as even Dale was talking about, as Ken was talking about, the courage to speak you, to be a voice of one declaring that you are the Christ, you are the prophet, you are the king, you are our Lord, you are our Savior, you are today the high priest sitting at your right hand. Give us that courage, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.